Welcome to Marksman, a program for men who've been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. I'm Mark Spellman. Welcome to the podcast. So glad you're joining the conversation today and always want to give this invitation. Please share this podcast with your friends, with your coworkers, with your other brothers in Christ. Even share this podcast with men you might be uh, thinking maybe their heart is just curious. They're just considering, thinking, seeking um, about what it means to be a Christian. And if that's you and you're tuned in today and that's who you are, you're just curious. You say, I'm not a follower of Christ. I'm just curious what this life of being a Christian is all about. Well, let me say to you a very special welcome to the program and to the podcast. So glad that you're tuned in. Hope you'll just hang with us throughout the entirety of the conversation. Won't be a long one. We try to aim for about 30 minutes, but uh, welcome to the program. Thanks for sitting at the table with us, because very simply what being a follower of Christ and being a Christian is all about. It's about aiming our lives at Christ likeness. And of course, that's all possible because Jesus said you must be born again. So there's there's a powerful and a very supernatural work of the Holy Spirit in our lives when we accept what Jesus did, we believe what he did on his on the cross that it was for us. We take it personally. We actually look at the cross like it's a proposal and it's God saying, "I want you <laughs> remember those old billboards years ago where Uncle Sam would be on the billboard saying, I want you. Well, no, this is way more serious than that, way more holy and eternal than that. God is saying to us, I want you. I choose you. And that's what the cross is telling us. And uh, that's the message of the cross is I choose you. I want you. Uh Please come back home. And that's what we do by faith. We come back home in our heart. Jesus said, no man comes to the Father except through me. It's not about just uh, praying a prayer and know that you have you know, fire insurance. You're not going to hell. You're going to heaven. Um, there is a heaven to gain. There is a hell to shun. But the gospel is way bigger, way, way, way bigger than just uh, missing hell and gaining heaven. I mean, it is a complete restoration of your true identity who we were destined to be from the beginning. And it's about coming home in our heart and coming back to the Father from whom we all came when we came into this world. So if uh, if that's you um, and you're seeking Christ, you're seeking to understand what being a Christian is all about, well, there's a very short summary, uh, way more to it. It's all about a divine reset of your value, your identity, and your purpose. So uh, whoever you are listening to the program today, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're part of the program. Glad you're at the table. But please hit that uh, share, if you would, and uh, let's get some more men sitting around the table. And we've been talking uh, for many, many weeks out of Hebrews 11. We call it the Hall of Fame. That's right. The Bible has a Hall of Fame, and it's the Hall of Fame of faith. And all through Hebrews 11, God commends different men because of their faith, how they trusted him. And that's something else we, we've defined quite a bit in this program, that faith is not a theological word. Faith is a relationship word. Um, faith in God is trusting him. 
And these men that we read about, read about in Hebrews 11, I'm pulling it up here. If you got a Bible, join me in Hebrews 11. You know, we talked about from the very beginning of Hebrews 11, we talked about Abel, uh, verse 4, Hebrews 11. We talked about Enoch. Verse 5, we talked about Noah in verse 7. That program had both my sons join me on the program. That was a lot of fun. If you missed it, any of these programs, you can go back and find them according to their title. Uh, Talked about verse uh, 8, we talked about Abraham, many verses on, on Abraham, of course. And then, of course, came on down following Abraham's children. We got into Isaac, and then we got into Jacob, and then we got into to Joseph. These were the children and grandchildren of Abraham. And so now we find ourselves for the last week or two looking at Moses. Come on, Moses. That's right. Uh, Verses 23 through 29 of Hebrews 11 talk about and reference Moses. But all of these men had faith and God commends their faith. He commends the fact that they trusted God's word. They trusted his instructions. And that's the bottom line is when you talk about having faith in God, you're having faith in doing life God's way, doing life by the book. That's right. The Bible, B-I-B-L-E. My my father in love, my wife's uh, daddy, um, he used to always tell people and ask people, you know what Bible stands for? It was kind of his way to break the ice, share his faith. And some people's, you know, yeah, the good book. Oh, yeah, the word of God. And he goes, no, what's what's Bible? B-I-B-L-E stand for? And they'd kind of look puzzled. And he'd say, basic instructions before leaving earth. <laughs> That's good. Basic instructions. It's an instruction book. It's a map. Um It's something that we follow. It gives us instructions. And these men, commended in Hebrews 11, followed God's instruction. Each one of these men you want to talk about, there was some instruction that God gave them. And they trusted God's instruction. They trusted His request. They trusted His directives. They trusted what He asked of them. And it was, again, faith is relational. Paul even said when he wrote to Timothy, he he talked about the incredible persecution that he faced it that he faced and that he was challenged with, and he says, nevertheless, I commit all this to the Lord. I've entrusted it all to Him. He says, for I know. Paul writes this to Timothy, for I know whom I have believed. Paul did not say, I know what I believe. Paul said, I know whom I have believed. So faith is about relationship. It's not about just theology and doctrine, though that's important. Your doctrine, what you're taught is extremely important. And a lot of prayer, a lot of preparation goes into the Family Mission podcast group, you know, whether it's uh, Sam, you know, and his podcast called Roar, whether it's my wife and I or our family on the Family Mission podcast or my wife um, ministering to ladies with crowned in his glory. A lot of preparation, a lot of preparation of the heart, a lot of prayer goes into these podcasts because doctrine is important. And so we're we're talking with you and we're instructing by virtue of things we teach. And like the Bible says in James, let not many 
become teachers because why? They'll receive a stricter judgment. And so that's sobering. And we take that very soberly, um, yet it's a privilege and it's a great joy. But uh, what we say, we realize our words affect people's beliefs, what they believe about God, what they believe about themselves, what they believe about life, what they believe about the enemy and adversary of their soul. And so we take it very uh, seriously. But again, it is such a joy, such a joy and privilege to be with you. But Moses, we've been talking about, I have a real specific direction I want to go here today. I'm going to read the short passage in Hebrews 11, and then we're going to jump over to the book of Psalms, and you'll see why in just a moment. I think this verse in Psalms really captures why would we want to talk about Moses here on Marksman? What is it that Moses really um, understood? I mean, you might say, well, he, he hit the rock and water came out. He, he struck the water and the Red Sea split. He led millions of people. Yeah, those are, those are tremendous attributes. But how did he do that? How was he equipped to do that? We're going to get into that in our conversation here. But let's read Hebrews 11, verse 23 to 29. This is just a short passage here. It's what Hebrews 11 is what God says in the Hall of Fame about Moses. He says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child. And they were not afraid of the king's command. So it wasn't fear-based. Their, their choice to hide him, protect him, was not out of fear. It was by faith. We just read that. Verse 24, by faith Moses, when he became of age, he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoying the passing pleasures of sin. He esteemed the reproach of Christ, that is being anointed, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked for the reward. We've talked about that passage in depth the last couple uh, podcasts. If you missed that, I hope you'll go back and check that out. Verse 27, by faith, he forsook Egypt. He did not fear the wrath of the king, but he endured because he saw him who was invisible. How did he see him? By faith. Same way you and I see him. By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood lest he who destroyed the firstborn would touch them. And by faith they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas when the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. There's a difference between doing something by faith and just trying something out. Um, the, Egypt, the Egyptians just attempted to do it, but literally... The children of Israel, under the leadership of Moses, followed God's leading, God's presence, God's power, and they went right through the Red Sea. They passed through, and glory be to God. When they looked back on that Red Sea, it closed up on the Egyptians. You can read about it in the book of Exodus. And the word of the Lord came and said, The Egyptians you see today, you will see no more. And there's power in following Christ, and He will lead us through things. He will lead us as men through difficult times. He will lead us out of 
challenging circumstances. He will lead us out of even uh, bondage and addiction. That's what he led them out of was bondage. The, they've been 400 years bound as slaves. He led them out. He led them through the waters. We could compare it to the waters of baptism. This is why baptism is so important. You go in, down in the water. You're immersed in water. You come out on the other side. And the things like They said there, the Egyptians they saw that day, they were going to see no more. And things can be removed from your life by the power of God, the supernatural, miraculous workings of God's power and God's love. When we, by faith, follow him, follow him through, follow his instructions, follow his word, do life his way, we can see the same progress of miracles and deliverance and freedom in our lives. So let's now look at Psalms 103. Because in the book of Psalms, Psalms 103, it refers to uh, Moses here, and I think it makes a summary statement that I think is really important. And I don't know that today will be the last. It may be the last day we talk about Moses on this uh, on this podcast. We may move on next week. Um, in fact, um, a little teaser here, um, we're going to be having a guest on the Marksman program, and you won't want to miss those episodes, but our family, we're going to be down in the Fort Worth area, and Pastor Eric Pressgrove, he's been on Marksman before, um, I'm I'm asking him when we're there at his church, we're going to be doing a family mission conference there, I've asked him to be on the program, and so perhaps next week that will be the episode, if not the week following, but I'm going to ask him to jump on the podcast and just share his heart, share what God's speaking to him, and just turn him loose, and you're going to love it. He's a powerful man of God, a dear brother in Christ, and uh, you're going to love when you hear his heart. If you've heard the podcast before with him, you know what I'm talking about. He's the real deal. He's, he's, he's solid in Christ, and he's a man who just lives with the fire of God and the passion of Jesus before him. His church there in Fort Worth area is called Crosswalk. But anyway, Psalm 103, verse 1, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Benefits. Say that with me. Benefits. And you say, well, I thought we're talking about Moses. Oh, we are. We're going to get right down into Moses. But here's the lead in. Talks about blessing the Lord and remembering all his benefits. Remember Hebrews 11? He that comes to God must believe that he is. And not that, just that alone. Because a lot of people believe in God. Just believe that he exists. Doesn't mean they're following Christ. Doesn't mean they're doing life his way. But here's what he says. He that has faith in God must believe that he is, and he must believe that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. We have to have faith that if we choose to do it God's way, he's going to reward us, and that there's there's a reward for doing life his way. And that, of course, was what Moses did. He esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt or the pleasures of sin for a season because he considered the reward. 
So there's nothing wrong with considering the reward. There's nothing wrong with considering the benefits. It's not that you're in for it for the benefits, but the Bible's so explicit in the details of what the benefits are and the reward is of doing life his way. Here's where it begins. Verse three, he forgives all your iniquities. If again, if you're listening to this program and you're wondering, what is this? Where's this life with Christ all begin right there? Believing that what Jesus did on the cross was for the forgiveness of all our sins, past, present, and future. That's the promise of the gospel. That's the power of the gospel to remove our sins and reveal our value and reveal who we really are. So one of the benefits is he forgives all our iniquities. He heals all of our diseases. He's a healer. He redeems our life from destruction. He, my goodness, I don't want to get off preaching about all these. He, he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. And he executes righteousness and justice for those, all those who are oppressed. You can't have mercy without justice. And the cross is not just a symbol of mercy, it's also a symbol of justice. Because it was on the cross, the full payment for the sins of the world was being paid. Justice was being served. But at the same time, mercy was being extended. Justice was being served, and mercy was being extended through the cross of Jesus Christ. And that mercy is being extended to you today to forgive all our sins, to execute righteousness. Now, verse 7, Psalm 103, 7, He made known His ways to Moses and His acts to the children of Israel. See, it's one thing to know God's ways. It's another thing to know His acts. The children of Israel saw His miracles. They walked through the Red Sea. They, they drank the water that came from the rock. They, they ate the miraculous manna every morning. They saw the, the protection from the plagues as they exited Egypt. They saw miracle after miracle after miracle. They saw His acts. But Moses, but Moses, he knew God's ways. And so let's go back to the book of Exodus chapter 33, because that's God's heart for you and I, men. Yeah, it's powerful to see miracles. It's powerful to see things happen in a powerful and dynamic way. But at the root of it all, why did all that flow through Moses as a leader? Because what we just read there in Psalm 103, Moses knew God's ways, not just his rules. I love what my son Sam uh, said one time. The Lord revealed it to him. He said, rules, the Lord spoke this to him. The Lord said, rules without relationship breed rebellion. And a lot of times when we think about Moses, we think about the Ten Commandments. And rightfully so. God gave us Ten Commandments, and those commandments are still in effect today. And that is what, that's how love behaves. Um if you if you walk in love, you're going to fulfill all the commandments. That's just as simple as it gets. Um, but here's the thing. Rules without relationship will just breed rebellion. So it's not about just knowing the rules and being disciplined to follow the rules. It's about knowing him. 
Moses didn't just have rules. He had relationship. And so look here in Exodus 33. If you don't have a Bible, just listen on. Especially if you're driving, don't take your hands off the wheel. <laughs> if you're mowing, don't don't stop what you're doing. Uh, I listen to podcasts all the time, just different things I'm doing. And so who knows what you're doing right now? <laughs> but just listen on. If you're not at a place, you can crack open your Bible. But Exodus 33, it says, Then Moses said to the Lord, this is verse 12, Exodus thirty-three, twelve. See, you say to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you've said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. That's what the Lord had spoken to Moses. And so Moses is, is, is talking back. He's conversing having conversation. He says, now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way. See, when we aim our lives at Christ's likeness, we're aiming at the way of doing life, the way we were intended to live life. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. His life, yes, it was redemptive. Yes, it was to deliver us. Yes, it was to pay a price. Yes, he was our substitution. But he was also our example. Our example. He showed us the way. That's why when every disciple he called, he said, follow me. Follow me. Follow the way I do things. Do what I do. Teach what I teach. Follow me. And here Moses, his heart's crying out too. If I have found grace in your sight, show me now your ways. And do you know what the cross also tells you men? And it tells all of us that we have found grace in God's sight. We have found favor in his eyes. Because you know what? All he would have had to do is just leave us alone and we'd all been destroyed. We'd have destroyed ourselves and we would all went to hell. And rightfully so, for all have sinned. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We can't blame Adam. We can't blame Eve. We've all done it. We've all ate the fruit. We've all sold our lives. We've all sold out cheap. We've all used our sovereign will to choose what we want. And we've chose ourself over him. We've all done it. So here we go. God didn't leave us alone. God pursued us. He pursued us and sent his only begotten son to save us, to deliver us, to set us free, and to send a very clear message that, yes, I want you, yes, I choose you, but also he wants you to know you have such favor in my eyes. When I think about you, I smile. And so if Moses could pray this, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your ways. You can pray that too, man. If I have found grace in your sight and the, and the cross is what this, this guy on this podcast is saying, then show me your ways. Well, then you need to know that when you look at Jesus in the Bible, you're seeing his ways. Jesus said, I am the way. And he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. But look at verse 14, right after Moses prays, verse 13, if I have found grace in your sight, this is Exodus 33, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight. And he said, consider now this nation, your people. And verse 14, God responds. Here's what he says. My presence will go with you 
and I will give you rest. And Moses said, well, if your presence does not go with us, then please do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people have found grace in your sight, except that you go with us? You sh- then we will be a separate people, your people and I, we will be separate from all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Do you see the connection between finding grace in his sight, knowing his ways and the presence I tell you, man, there's something about the presence of God in our lives. What you might be, again, if you're, you're just listening and you're just considering what does it mean to be a follower of Christ, it means you have the presence of God with you and in you. John twenty twenty two, John 20, verse 22, when Jesus rose from the dead, he appeared to his followers. Of course, they they freaked out over that because he was dead just days ago. But now he's risen from the dead, and now they're hiding, and they're afraid, and they're in this room all hiding out, and he just appears in the room. And I think we'd all probably freak out that was to happen. (laughs) But it it happened. He showed up, he appeared, and he said, Peace, you know, fear not, it is I. And the Bible says this, he breathed on them. And he said, receive Holy Spirit. Whoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Whoever sins you retain, they are retained. Presence. Jesus restored Holy Spirit in the life of man, in the heart of man. The Bible teaches us in the New Testament that as followers of Christ, we become the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are his house. We are his temple. And yeah, when we get to the other side and we go, you know, to, quote, be in heaven with God. It's going to be amazing. God's got some amazing plans for his family. But don't put off experiencing his presence to after you die, because that promise is for you right now as a man to to have the presence of God with you, to have the presence of God in you, and to have the presence of God everywhere you go. Because that bottom line, that's really what a holy life is all about. It's not about the rule. It's about the relationship. It's the fact that I'm doing life with God. And he's doing life with me. If I'm mowing the yard, he's with me. If I'm shopping with my wife, he's with me. If I'm if I'm going on vacation with my family, he's with me. If I'm working on a project in the garage, fixing my car, He's with me. He wants to be a part of everything I do. And that presence is what's going to sanctify my life. It's going to it's going to start removing things from my life that I used to do when I didn't know about his presence and didn't have his presence that I now would never do now that I'm doing life with him and I'm aware of his presence and I'm sensitive to his presence because that is the promise, man. That's what being a Christian is all about. It's Yeah, it's aiming your life at Christ's likeness, but the only way you can even do that is to have Holy Spirit in your life. So I want to give you that reference again. It's John chapter 20, verse 22, kind of verse 20 to 22, that little section there. But it's there that Jesus breathed on them and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. See, in the very beginning, God breathed into Adam. He formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. 
and man became a living soul. So you might say it this way, God sieved the breath of life. He released the breath of life. And so whenever we're born again, we receive Holy Spirit. Because see, the glory lifted off of Adam. I mean, that's why he stood there aware that he was naked, because he was literally clothed with glory. He was literally clothed with light. He didn't have fabric and cotton and polyester and all that we wear, leather. I like leather. He doesn't, you know, leather stuff, not leather clothes. I get weird here, but I I like clothes, you know. But what Adam was clothed with was glory. It was light. And that glory lifted off him when he ate that forbidden fruit. And the light went out, you might say. The glory lifted off the Holy Spirit that he was just so one with and clothed in and immersed in, lifted off. And that's when he experienced shame and guilt and regret and condemnation. He started blaming his wife for everything, and she blamed the devil. And I mean, it's just, here we go. But when the glory's restored, when we say yes to Jesus, he breathes into us the breath of life. And he says, receive Holy Spirit. So when we're born again, that's what happens. We receive Holy Spirit. He comes into us. And then in Acts chapter 2, we have another experience with the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 2, those same men that received Holy Spirit in John 20, and they, they breathed in that life that he offered them. And they were born again, regenerated by the Holy Spirit, inwardly given a brand new nature. Then in Acts chapter 2, after they're waiting waiting on the promise of the Father because Jesus left. He said, but don't, don't go out and win the world yet. Wait in Jerusalem. Wait for the promise of the Father. I promised it, that I would send him, and he's coming. And so they're there in the upper room, tarrying, waiting. And then on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2, the, the wind, a rushing mighty wind filled the house, the whole house. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire. And those tongues of fire sat upon each one of them. And they were baptized. They were immersed in that fire and that glory and that light and that presence of Holy Spirit. And I just sense right now, men, that many of you that just um, let's just receive a fresh anointing. Let's just receive a fresh baptism in the Holy Ghost. Even now, if you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost, just join me and just pray in tongues just a little bit. I just sense God wants to just baptize some of us, all of us, any of us that are willing to receive a fresh baptism. Those same disciples that got filled in Acts 2 got filled again in Acts 4. So it's totally scriptural. I mean, we can get filled and filled and filled again. And and I just pray right now. I thank you, Father, for just a fresh anointing. I thank you, Father, for a fresh baptism. Fresh presence, fresh awareness and sensitivity to your presence with us 
aninas machetele karoposel tele panchete. If you've never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, just step in with me. He's there. He's on you. God wouldn't have led me to do this if he wasn't wanting to baptize even some of you men today in the Holy Ghost. And you've never don't don't argue with the theology of it. Receive him. Receive him. Receive Holy Spirit. Receive a fresh baptism in the Holy Ghost. Allow that language like a river to flow up out of your belly. La pura pasichete pontola bracaste. Meshechete pontusca pasanchete pontele bracasta. Receive Holy Spirit. Receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost and with fire. Linkera bosconjo. Let that tongue of fire that sits upon you right now. Swallow it, receive it, take it, mashkechete, yield to it. Ningile brakapa sachete pontolo. It's one of the most wonderful ways to stay aware of the presence of God is praying in the Holy Ghost. And that's kind of what I want to leave you with here today, men. You know, Moses knew the presence of God, and we can know the presence of God. And one of the greatest, greatest benefits of praying in the Spirit, praying in other tongues, it keeps us sensitive to His presence. His presence with us and His presence in us. It's a great way to stir up the gift of God inside you. God, I just thank you for every man listening to this podcast today. I thank you for men that are giving their lives to Christ today. I thank you for men that are receiving the baptism in the Holy Spirit today. I thank you, God, that each and every one of us, you are just heightening our awareness and sensitivity of your presence with us and in us. And like Moses, we pray, if your presence goes not with us, don't take us. We don't want to do it in our own flesh. We don't want to do it in our own ability. We want to do everything we do. We want to do it with you. We want you to be leading in it. We want you to lead our homes, lead our families. We want you to lead in our careers, our vocations. We want you to lead us every day of our lives as we lead our families and our own lives. And we thank you for your presence and the promise of your presence and the power of your presence. I just thank you, Lord, for what you're doing today. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in each of our lives today. And I just bless every man listening to this program today. And I just want to welcome you to the family of God. If that's you and you prayed to receive Christ and you prayed to receive Holy Spirit, then welcome to the family. Welcome home. Man, I'm so excited to share this podcast with you today, share this time with you today. Your time is valuable. Thanks for sharing it with me. Hope you'll share this podcast with your friends. I love you guys. Appreciate you. Talk to you soon.